1: And welcome to the Grit and Grace Recovery Hour. And once again, we're here on Wednesday to help you get over the hump, and we're rebroadcast on Thursday in case your hump is that big. And we're grateful. We're thankful. Uh, today we have a real treat for you guys out there in radio land. But before we get into that, let me just shout out, shout out to our sponsors, the Stepping Up Initiative which is a national initiative that has been adopted here in Rockdale County. And the purpose of that initiative is to reduce the number of people in jails that have mental health and substance use disorders. And we're trying to do that in every way that we can. Part of that is with messaging, because we know that it ain't worth nothing if nobody knows. And so we're just really trying to get these messages out. We've had phenomenal response to this messaging platform you know, And so today we have a real treat for you guys. Today we have the Rocknell Newton affiliate with us from NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, uh, which is actually the largest grassroots organization for education, advocacy, research. You know, NAMI is an incredible thing. And just for the sake of information sharing, we want you to know that NAMI is a national organization, which is sort of the grandparent of the organization. So there is NAMI National, and then a lot of states have affiliates. So here it is NAMI Georgia, which is our parent organization. And then under the parent organization, there are affiliates. Those affiliates are different places. We have NAMI Savannah, and NAMI Newton Rockdale, and NAMI this and NAMI that. And those affiliates are uh, categorized in different ways. And you can go on the NAMI website and you can find out what's the difference between an A and a B and all those things. But I think that the bigger message that we're sharing with you guys today is the who, the what, the why, the where, and the how that NAMI really supports and serves and, and shares information and revelation as well. Um, and we're going to talk about signature programs and different ways that NAMI is addressing support. Uh, I think support is very important. How NAMI is supporting connection because the opposite of a lot of the maladies that um, assail our communities and our people and us is the lack of connection, the lack of understanding. So today we're going to share a lot of that information with you And we're going to get it from the source. We're going to get it from people who are here for the real reason. And and so one thing we want you to know, that nobody is with NAMI because they're trying to get rich. (laughs) And I think we'll all agree on that. I think we'll all agree on that. NAMI is based on volunteerism. And, and, you know, there's a NAMI walk and there's a, a NAMI thing or this or that. But those are just so that we can do this. Uh, the heart of NAMI is people. And with that being said, uh, once again, shout out to the Stepping Up Initiative. Shout out to our fearless leader, Commissioner Doreen Williams. Shout out to Hurricane Maine and the Hurricane Maine Show, His Hop Network. Shout out to Cat 10 Entertainment, which is the, the station that brings you this. And if you go to the grit and grace RCO. Facebook page, you will see a tutorial on how to download the app so that you can get this information right on your phone, right at your fingertips. And Tanisha will also give you a lot of information about a lot of other platforms because dinosaurs don't know as much about platforms. (laughs) For everybody out there that's a dinosaur, when you touch the keys of your computer, yes, yes. So I confess, I am a dinosaur. And dinosaurs, you thought they were extinct, but we're not. But we are endangered. So we're fortunate to have Tanisha and all of our technical crew with us at all times. You know, so with that being said, I want to introduce our esteemed colleagues. First and foremost, a shout out to my co-host, Tanisha, to say hi to the people out there Radio Radioland.
0: Hello again, everyone out in Radioland. We are very grateful to be able to come back before you again another week and bring to you more resources and more information about recovery and the partnerships that we have here in Rockdale.
1: Wow, thank you, Tanisha. And so I guess we'll start out in, in our natural order. We'll start out with Claudette. Claudette, you want to introduce yourself and yourself and tell us who you are and what your role is with NAMI. Absolutely.
2: So I'm Claudette Harden, and um, I've been a NAMI member since, I believe it was the year 2014. 2014 is when I was seeking um, resources and support for a family member of mine who has since been diagnosed with a serious mental illness. And so I reached out through social media, found Nami. I ran across NAMI, called them up uh, for my local affiliate, which at the time was pretty newly started as a, I guess, a a goal of another parent who was also seeking services for a family member, which happened to be my colleague, Miss Diane Marinelli, who's here with us today. She's the pretty much the founder of the current Rockdale Newton, or one of the founders of the current Rockdale Newton affiliate. And um, Diane was a saving grace for me when I needed support and help. Since then, I've been with NAMI. She's mentored me and motivated me to continue to work within the community, to build relationships with other partners who have the same goal as NAMI to build a better life for people who are struggling or dealing with mental health issues. And so since then, I've been working with the NAMI here, and this year I'm sitting in as the chair. So I'm really excited and happy to be here to share this forum and this platform with you to reach out to the community and educate them on uh, mental health and the resources that we have here. Wow, and thank
3: the,
1: you. So thank you for having me. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, and so I want to go to you, Diane, and want to ask you a question. So I guess I'll make the question a little longer because it's our understanding as we've done this platform several times that, <laughs> that you guys are really smart. So when we ask you questions, y'all answer all the questions that we were going to ask like for the next two years. So anyway. <laughs> We're used to that and so, and we're grateful. We're grateful that you are a storehouse of wealth of information. So Diane, I wanna ask you who you are and what is your role with NAMI, Rockdale Newton and the other NAMIs as they exist?
3: Well, Bill, first and foremost, I'm the mother of uh, an adult son who has bipolar disorder. I didn't set out to be a mental health advocate in, in my younger days but I raised a bipolar child. He was diagnosed at the age of nine. And uh, very similar to Claudette's story, it was when I was really needing resources that I reached out to NAMI. And that was at a time when um, my son was 18 and had gotten in trouble with the law. And back then, we have made progress because uh, back then we did not have a resource court for mental health, did not have a drug court in Rockdale County. And so my husband and I, working with our attorney, developed our own diversion program. We worked with uh, the court, submitted all of his medical documentation, and we were going to ask Judge Irwin to recommend treatment rather than incarceration, but we had to have a place to send our son. So I found NAMI online and called up their helpline and was referred to a place in Riverdale called Holly Tree. And Holly Tree was doing some very innovative work with people coming out of prison. They had some funding for the government back then that would cover their cost of living for the first several months as they re-entered the community. And we were able to place our son there, and he was approved to go there instead of jail. And it was there that I met our esteemed Brenda Ernest, who was then director of Holly Tree. Interesting how these connections get made and we are still, she's been a great source of strength and support to us and our family all these years and we're still working together to make things better. But my role in NAMI then after I first made contact with them and and found out what NAMI was all about, I started uh, getting training because that's what NAMI does. They allow you to start to help other people that are in the same situation by taking advantage of their free training and you can become a support group facilitator, which I did and that's the first thing we brought to the county was uh, family support groups. So those are really important because people who have similar experience can sit down and talk about it. Uh, We all go through really traumatic events in our lives and there's a lot of stigma associated with these things and it is a free space, uh, a safe place to sit down and share experiences with, with people who go through similar things. So we have one that's for family members. Then we formed one for, for people living with mental health conditions. And we started to branch out and really connect with the community. Yeah, so that's how we started. I
1: want to thank you for sharing that, Diane. And I want to thank you for answering all the questions that we were going to ask for the next hour <laughs> all at one time so there you go um uh, anyway robert so uh, i want to ask you a question robert tell the people out there on radio land who you are and what your role is with NAMI. okay my name is
4: robert and uh originally i started attending nami as a support system for my sister um, she has a son who is paranoid schizophrenia and um, I was attending the Lawrenceville NAMI group to help her and support her. Um, I've been living with schizophrenia for 34 years now, fully functioning, have a very good paying job and doing well. But um, I attended NAMI also, let me back up. I'm also an in our own voice speaker for NAMI where I go and speak in different organizations, churches, and public venues to share my story on how I've been living with my illness. Also, um, I'm a connection support facilitator where we pre-COVID, we would have discussions on helping people that want to come in that are dealing with mental challenges, and I would help them and share my story living with mental illness. So um, that's just a little bit. And I attended, originally before attending, I mean, there's a big stigma behind mental illness. Especially the type of job I have, you know, sharing. If I were to share with someone my challenges, they would kind. Of, it would be like two or three looks. They would look at me, but it was the stigma that NAMI helped me to overcome and realize that people were wanted to hear how I overcame and how I'm overcoming. And back in '85, when I first got diagnosed, we didn't have NAMI. All we had was a church, family. And that's about it. We didn't have viewpoint or any other program. So I got my support from my family and my church, and that's how I've been able to sustain over these 34 years.
0: We would like to thank our leader, Commissioner Dr. Doreen Williams, the Rockdale County Sheriff's Office, along with other numerous partners and stakeholders that are taking the initiative to create change for the Rockdale County recovery community. We know that it takes all parts of a community to carry out this vision and together we are stronger.
1: For all you people out there on Radio Land, we're here today with our local NAMI affiliate. Uh, We have Claudette who is the chair we have Diane and Diane, you say you are the co-chair or I know they said that Diane was the founder. Well, what is your role now with NAMI? I'm just past president. Okay, past president. And Robert, I know you were saying that you were a facilitator for some of those programs. So I want to just for all the people that just joined us, those are the people that we got with us. And I'm going to ask you guys another question, which you probably have already answered, but for all the people that just joined, I want to ask you, because this is the way we were actually really going to do it. (laughs) Anyway, so I was going to ask you, Claudette, why did you join NAMI? How did you become connected with NAMI and why did you join?
2: So yes, as I briefly stated earlier, my beginnings with NAMI stemmed from me looking for resources and support for a family member. Of mine who was going through some mental health challenges. Yes. At the time, they weren't yet diagnosed because they began to uh, exhibit symptoms of uh, mental health illness kind of early um, as a teen, as a young teen. And so, you know, back, back in the day, they were kind of hesitant to actually diagnose younger children and young adults, because, you know, they're still in the, in the stages of brain development and so on. So you can't really, you know, I guess the logic was we wanted to make sure that they develop fully before we actually give them a solid diagnosis. So back then, anyways, um, I was seeking all types of resources. I needed, yes. uh, Um, health resources, support resources for myself, you know, education, just anything that I could possibly obtain to help me and my son. It's my son who was diagnosed. With that, I just happened to do an online search and I came across NAMI. And so I called the number and I was um, put in touch with Diane Marinelli. So um, from there... You know, I began to form partnerships, you know, individual partnerships with other members of the community who were going through, you know, similar situations to what I was going through. And from there, we were able to build higher level partnerships. We were able to uh, partner with other NAMI members or, um, you know, other NAMI members from maybe the state level who were more familiar and more um, equipped to help us and to teach us how to advocate both at the local level and at state level and national level. So from there, you just build, you continue to build partnerships, you continue to um, educate yourself. And it really leads back to a sense of wanting to pay forward all of the support that you received when you were in need. So that's pretty much how the NAMI builds its membership, how NAMI as an organization partners with other organizations to build on mental health needs within the community, from everything from education to research to changing policies and laws as it governs mental health. So it's really a matter of just being engulfed within the community and wanting to give back.
1: So thank you very much. And so for all you people out there in Radio Land and hear our voice, what I heard her say is that she went because she was looking for support. She was looking for resources. She was looking for help. And she went online and she found NAMI. And just like we can go online today and things have really evolved. You can find NAMI Georgia, N-A-M-I, NAMI Georgia, or you can find, do you guys have a website? You can find this on Facebook at Rockdale Newton NAMI
2: and all the other social media as well.
1: Okay. Rockdale so, and, and so what we're hearing her say is that NAMI is available and, and you, you can go on to their social media page, which is NAMI Rockdale Newton. Is that correct? Rockdale
2: Newton NAMI. That's Rockdale
1: Newton NAMI on Facebook and then all of those other social media platforms that Tunisia will tell us about, because there are probably more. <laughs> I learn about the new one like every day. So uh, with that being said, I know that, Diane, you and I have partnered together uh, for many years for NAMI Georgia, and, and I'm hearing them say that you were a founder. So let me ask you a question, Diane. How has NAMI changed your life?
3: Well, I think following up on what Claudette says, it's really connected me to the community at large. It's been my way of giving back, being of service and uh, trying to change the system so it works better for people that have mental health conditions. I think as a family member at first, I felt very helpless over the situation. You want to help your family member, but you don't really know how. You have no control over the illness. As you know, you know, mental illness affects your thinking, it affects your emotions, and so it affects your behavior. And society doesn't have very much tolerance for that. Uh, even in the schools, they don't really recognize it. We're working on that. We've we've got a program at the state level called Signals to train teachers to recognize signs of mental illness in children. Um, certainly wasn't around when my son was in school. And they, you know, they're getting punished for behaviors that are symptoms. Of their illness, you know, I think it's given me an opportunity to try to make sure somebody else's experience is better than what mine was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, I do see progress. We need—we have a lot more progress to make, but I definitely do see progress. Um, yes, I, I think uh, the connections has been have been really important, and NAMI has really been my way of getting out there and getting connected in the community. We've done health fairs. And when we first started doing health fairs, people didn't think of mental health as part of health. And we'd have our NAMI table out there at the health fair. Nobody wanted to come over. (laughs) They either didn't know who we were or they didn't want to be seen there. And now people come up and they talk about their their diagnosis, whether it's their own or somebody in their family. They pick up information. There's a lot less stigma associated with it. And people are, are more open to talking about it. The, the accountability courts are just such a, an encouraging thing where we can divert people from jail that are nonviolent offenders who have these diagnoses or addiction and we can say hey treatment will work. With my son it's not that I excuse what he has done, yes he's, he's broken the law and and he's accountable for that, but at the same time, the way to change that is not putting them in prison, the way to change it is to treat the illness. And, yes. and have more supports in the yeah. community for these kind of people. So my focus has been largely on the criminal justice reform. I've served on the advisory board for the Newton County Resource Court. And as you know, I was chairing the public policy committee for the NAMI Georgia Board of Directors and involved with mental health day at the Capitol. And, and of course that's one of the policy ag- uh, agendas items that we had, Yes, diversion.
1: Yes. Wow. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. And Robert, I would like to ask you, how has NAMI impacted your life? Well, NAMI
4: has impacted my life in a way where I'm able to share my story. Before NAMI, I was kind of hesitant to talk about my illness because of the stigma. Mental illness is no different than high blood pressure, diabetes, or any other thing. It's a chemical imbalance. And that's what people have to be aware of. So when I come to in, I hear other people's stories, how uh, it's just so you can talk in a way where you're not being judged or you're not being condemned, but it's in a way where you can feel free. And it's helped me to have a voice for people that are dealing with mental illnesses that um, may have questions on how I overcame it for the past 34 years.
1: Yes, wow, man. Thank you so much for saying that, man. So, and, and I've heard you guys kind of touch on the programs. So could you tell me, what are the signature programs? I know that one of the foundational things NAMI is NAMI signature programs. I you know they got family to family, peer to peer, in your own voice, et cetera, et cetera. Can you guys explain to us, what are the signature programs, and which signature programs do you provide for your community?
3: I can take that. We have our uh, support groups locally that we provide in, in both counties, the family support group and connection support groups. COVID has kind of put a, a damper on all that, but normally we would have a couple of months of those. We in, have in the past offered NAMI Basics, which is a, a program to train parents who have a minor child that has a mental illness and how to deal with that. goes over um, working with the healthcare system, the education system doctors, um, diagnoses and treatment, all kinds of things. What else? I'm trained in NAMI smarts for advocacy and we train people to become mental health advocates with their either local elected officials or at the state level, uh, teaches you how to use your story and your experience to advocate for change. So that's another important program. And Robert mentioned the In Our Own Voice program. He's our our, uh, In Our Own Voice presenter and can go out and talk to any group about his experience. So people see that recovery is possible. I think that's really important. There are other signature programs that we don't have locally, but people can take advantage of, like the Family to Family class, which is a free 12-week course. What else, Claudette?
2: Peer to Peer, which is a, it's a, a course that teaches individuals, who are actually actually have lived experience with mental illness, different coping skills and education uh, resources uh, from the aspect of someone that's living, you know, from another peer who's living also with the illness.
3: There's an yeah. online program called Homefront too for uh, veterans' yes. families.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And so, for people out there, Radio Land, if you want more information about those signature programs for NAMI, you can go on NAMI Georgia and you can go on their website you can find all the information about those programs. You can also go on NAMI national website and find information about those programs and, uh, and just how those programs work, where the one closest to you is and you can get all that information. Um, so let me ask you guys, next question is that, and I know that COVID has impacted All of us, um, so the programs that you guys provide now that are on these digital platforms, what programs are those and when are they?
2: So locally, we're still offering virtual support group programs within the community, both uh, Connections, which Robert is one of the facilitators for that. And it's, again, a, a support group which is facilitated by um, someone who has lived experience with mental health and um, is giving support to others uh, with the same lived experience. And additionally, we are still offering the family support groups, which is another support group which offers support to family members that are supporting individuals that uh, have mental illness.
1: And if somebody wanted to attend one of those groups, Let's say, Princess Robert, somebody wanted to attend the connections group. How would they how do they do that? How did they get on there?
4: Well, they well, we have a, a scheduling. They can contact go on to our NAMI website. We have a scheduling of when those classes are available and they could um, come to one of our. Well, since it's virtual now, they could link on to uh, Zoom and uh, connect to one of our um,
1: program. Okay. And that would be on the NAMI Rockdale Newton website?
3: The NAMI Georgia website actually has all of the local affiliates uh, Zoom meetings and their schedule okay. and a contact name.
1: Okay. So you would, okay. So all you people out there in Radio Land, if you wanted to attend the NAMI Newton Rockdale meeting, you would go on the NAMI Georgia website and then there you would find the, the schedule for your meetings, for your connection meetings, and for your family support group. Is that correct? Yes.
4: yes that's, that's
1: OK, correct. OK, OK, absolutely. And, and so I want to ask you guys another question. Um, you know, NAMI is one of those things, and I was, I was listening to us say, when you ask people, especially people with gray hair, <laughs> when you ask us, how long have you been involved with NAMI, they kind of get this glazed over look on their face. <laughs> <laughs> and you, it makes you feel like there might be something wrong with their memories because it's like, well, uh, it started back in 2000. And yeah, you know, um, NAMI is an incredible organization, and, and when I when I, I am so privileged to be with you guys here today, and, and and I say that because for many years I was on the board of NAMI Georgia, and before that I was on the board of NAMI Savannah, and before that. I was, you know, a peer-to-peer facilitator in your own voice. NAMI, I've been all around the country to the White House and different places kind of speaking with NAMI, for NAMI and about NAMI. And and I remember when I was in substance abuse group, when I came into treatment, which was like 14 years ago, and my counselor told me, Bill, you need to go to a NAMI class. And and, and I'm like, I didn't know what NAMI was, right? And, And, you know, because where I come from, I don't know. They don't know what NAMI is, and so um I remember going to that meeting. It was, and it was a peer-to-peer. I signed up for peer-to-peer, and, and I signed up for peer-to-peer not because I wanted to get educated, not because I wanted to get better, not because I wanted to support. I signed up because they said if I did it, I would get a stipend. <laughs> so, so. Okay, I'm going to tell you my story. But anyway, so, and, and that was the reason why I came. Now, why I'm still here 15 years later and not getting those stipends, that's the way it works. You know what I'm saying? And, and and so I know NAMI is built on purpose. Not The foundation of NAMI is purpose. The foundation of NAMI is about doing something for people that you love and, and something that if you could have done it by yourself, you would have done it a long time ago. And, and, and I know that when I walked into that peer-to-peer class and I looked around and I said to myself, I know I'm in the wrong place, right? And, and you know, but I, I sat through it because I wanted the stipend. And I found out something in the education process with NAMI that changed my life. And what I found out was we were talking about that, the, the brain chemistry. And we were talking about that part, a part that I would have thought would have been very boring for me. But in that process, I found out that I had a disease and it wasn't just because I was a bad person. And that changed that foundationally changed my life because then I knew that there was hope. I knew that there was it wasn't just because I was foundationally flawed and bad. And that's the, when I came in. That's what I thought. I thought I was just a monster. And I thought that I had no other alternative but to be that. And, and so I, I'm just so grateful for that that revelation. And, and you know, and it's it's been pricey. <laughs> it's been pricey. because I think I've been doing 10 years. I think I did a 10-year uh, stint. And I know that Diane and I just came off the board for NAMI Georgia. Was that last year, Diane, that we came off of NAMI Georgia yes. board? Yes. Yeah, it's been about 10
3: years for me that I've been
1: involved too, yep. And I know they tell me you can only do six years, but I know I've logged 10.
0: We are proud partners of the National Alliance on Mental Illness, Rockdale-Newton Chapter. NAMI Georgia is an organization of family, friends, and individuals whose lives have been affected by mental challenges. Together, we advocate for better lives for those individuals who have a mental challenge, and we offer support, education, and advocacy as we do so. Please visit the NAMI Georgia website at www.namigeorgia.org. And if you are local to the Rockdale-Newton area, we would love to have you join the family. For more information, you can visit www.namirockdalenewton.com or follow their Facebook page at Nami Rockdale News.
1: I want to ask you guys another question because I know the answer for me, but I want the people out there in Radio Land to hear the answer for you. How did NAMI change your life? And I'm not talking about just on the outside. I'm talking about on the inside. Claudette, tell us, how did NAMI change your life on the inside? Wow, what
2: a question, Bill.
1: <laughs> it changed my life on the
2: inside by just giving me comfort and knowing that, you know, I, I I was not the only one that was, going through what I was going through, it gave me more insight as to what I was dealing with and what my loved one was dealing with. Yes, um, yes. It gave me hope to know yes. that there's light at the, the end of the tunnel and that yes. being diagnosed with mental illness is not the end of life. It's just something else that we can live with and we can get help and have resources and there's treatments out there yes. um, that can help, you know, help us and help our loved ones live a healthy, a full, healthy and be productive citizen um, yes. in our society. So it's filled me up tremendously in, in, yes. in so many ways.
1: Yes, yes. So for you people out there, Radio Land, you heard what she said. She said it has filled her up. Yes, sir. <laughs> so I love it when we ask these questions. So Diane, let me ask you a question. How has NAMI changed you on the inside?
3: I would say it it gave me a handle on my situation. I, I was in a state of despair and fear when I started in with NAMI. and. Um, you can imagine with a very you know, young son, just really fearing for his future and not knowing what I could do about it. And it's not that all those problems or that situation goes away, but I have a community of people around me that help me through the tough times and people I can reach out to for support. And I have a knowledge of the system and how to get what I need out of the system and people that help me access what I need out of the system. You know, um, you're one of those people, Bill. And, you know, yes. we have so many yes. great people in our community that, that really are making our system a, a better system for these people. All yes. the people that are involved in stepping yes. up, Doreen and you and Brenda and Tanisha, all the people at Grit and Grace, the, the NAMI people, the Viewpoint people, we've, the people at the courts, I, I really see the community pulling together to uh, to help, and you can see that in individual situations when we have a member that that comes to us, or or somebody that just comes through the door and has never come to NAMI before, um, we're able to wrap around them a bunch of of supportive people and services and get them through that. Yes, 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 and and you know, and I
1: was earlier I kind of referred to the heart of NAMI, right, and. and you know, it, it was interesting today I went out to lunch and Brenda and I were, we had lunch together and, and we were sitting there at lunch and, and she asked me a question, right? And, and so what, it always tickles me when people ask me a question and I actually know the answer. But she asked me a question. She said, Phil, do you know Claudette? She said, I was trying to get in touch with Claudette, but I haven't been able to reach her. I said, well, it's interesting that she say that because I'm going to see her probably here in about 35 minutes. And she told me, she said, Bill, I got to tell you the most incredible thing. And I said, what's that? And she said, she actually left me a gift basket. And, 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 and you know, she said, I remember partnering with her some years ago, and, and like a couple of years ago, she said, and, and I told her, I said, well, did you know? And I was telling her about the different connections. The connection between Claudette and Tanisha, the connection between Claudette and Nami, the connection between Claudette and Diane. And, and, and when I was telling her that, she said, wow. And she said, you know, but I think the, the biggest part for her was that that, that thankfulness, that, that gratitude lasted for years. And, and, and you know, and, and, and what she had done, she didn't do for money, property, prestige. She did it because that's what we do at, at our heart. We're here to serve people because we want people to be better. And even if it's not my people, it is my people. You know what I'm saying? And I hear all the names that people have and they are consumers and they are constituents and they are da-da-da. No, y'all, they're people. (laughs) We're people. We're people and we need help. You know what I'm saying? And and I just want to thank you, Claudette, for being that person because I want you to know that you made her heart sing. You you made her heart sing and, and, and it was genuine. And and I was and when I told her that, she said, Bill, I didn't even know. And, and that's right. And that's something that I heard that was a common thread through what we said today, is that when I was alone and I was in the dark, because I know that when I came into this room it wasn't a loved one I was trying to help. It was me. It was right. me. You know what I'm saying? And, and I was the one who was going to prisons and, and going to different things. And, and, you know, um, I was a hard man. And, and so, you know, coming to NAMI, I, I didn't think that would work for me. And, and I didn't have compassion. I didn't have, you know, I was in survival mode, right? Like I said, I came for the stipend, dude, you know, and, 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 and I found purpose. I found purpose. I I found a purpose, a reason to live, a reason to love, a reason to give. I I found out that my heroes weren't seven foot tall, and they weren't—they didn't have on bulletproof vests and swords and everything. That my heroes were Nami mommies, and and that—that you know—and that changed my life. That changed the very configuration of my heart and foundationally changed me as a being, you know, to—to be proud to to stand up at the White House and say, my name is Bill. I'm a person in long-term recovery and I'm with NAMI. You know what I'm saying? And, and I never gave it a second thought. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and so, uh, Robert, I want to ask you, um, how has NAMI impacted your life, What just at the core? At the core, NAMI
4: has helped me uh, even before I attended NAMI. I started attending NAMI maybe 2017, 18. But I I had a job that I was doing very well in, a nice home. But still, it was that stigma that I was walking around with that I didn't want to quite deal with. And I, I kept my mental illness to myself and select church members that knew about it. And even now, I still don't advertise it, but still, but Nami has given me, let me know, hey, it's okay to let me know. Like I said before, diabetes, high blood pressure, uh, all those other illness we deal with those differently than we do mental illness. We we kind of frown on the mental illness, but high blood pressure, and all those other diseases, all oh, those are okay. But it let me know that it's okay to have an illness that's well-managed. So and I have been doing well with. It. My churches have given me a platform also to bring NAMI in. And now my church, Berean Christian Church, is giving um, NAMI a platform every year to come in and share what NAMI is doing in the church community. So that's a big blessing cost my 90, I would say 100%, 95% of my success came from the word of God. So that's where my success comes from. And that's what Nami gives me a platform for. And it changed yes. my life.
1: Yes, yes, yes. And and you know, we were kind of talking about connectivity, right? And so my name is Bill. I'm a person in long-term recovery. I'm also the project developer for the stepping up initiative, which is a huge deal. <laughs> when I say huge, believe me, I mean it's huge. And and, and you know, but to make it simple, to make it simple, probably five or six years ago, I was in Savannah, Georgia, and I was doing what I do, and I was running programs up there. I was director of programs and flying all around the country doing all kinds of stuff. And that was before they closed the world down. And I remember I got a call from a guy and and his name was Bernie, right? I get a call from this guy named Bernie. And he said, My name is Bernie, and I'm calling with mommy, you know. And, and I'm like, Yeah, what can I do for you? And he was and he asked me, he said. I wonder if you could come and speak at, at We're having a mental health symposium and blah, 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 blah. blah. And, and I remember saying, yeah, sure. Because that's what we do. We suit up and show up. Right. And I came and I spoke at the mental health symposium and it was in Rockdale. And, and he introduced me to a lady and her name was commissioner Doreen Williams. And, and I spoke at that symposium. And, and what's ironic about it was the day I spoke, Bernie was there, and the commissioner was there, and Judge Mumford was there, and Brenda was there, and, and, and all the people that are working with Stepping Up were all there, and I was talking, and I looked back at the recording, and I listened to me talking about, we're going to create a recovery community that is strong, and blah, 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 and I didn't know that that was prophetic. I didn't know that, right? I knew that I was there, but I didn't know what was coming, right? On common ground, the newspaper was taking pictures, and today I look at those pictures and there's a picture of me, and there's a picture of the commissioner, there's a picture of Brenda, there's a picture of the judge, there's a picture of Bernie. And, and to know that Bernie is Bernie Marionelli, and Bernie Marinelli is Diane's husband, and, and <laughs> that the job that I have today and where I am and live is part of just him making that call to me. And if it wasn't for NAMI, that wouldn't have happened. And when I look at how how intricate, and you you said it, Robert, when I look at how God's got his hands on our lives and how he brings us together, how he forces us and molds us and how he sees our destiny and he propels us into our destiny with a lot of different hats on. And and so, you know, I'm just so proud and so privileged to to share this platform with you guys today and to know that and for the people out there in Radio Land to know it's not a one and done. So when you join or when you volunteer or when you join these organizations, you may think that, you know, it's not a burden, it's a privilege. And that it is something that gives you purpose, that is foundational to your life, and and that these programs were built on people trying to save people when they couldn't save their people. And that it takes away the barriers and the boundaries that are things that foundationally keep us apart today because it doesn't matter if you're blue, green, purple. It doesn't matter what religion, what faith you are. It doesn't matter if you have dreads or not. Uh, The only thing that matters is what can I do? You know, what you tell me again? And and it's fusing our communities together and it's fusing our hearts together. And, And when you get a group of hearts together and they all beat together for a common cause, miracles happen.
0: Have you heard? NAMI Georgia is sponsoring a Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Courageous Conversations on the topic of BIPOC, Mental Health, and Social Justice. This is a virtual event that will be moderated by Dr. LaClicia Izard on March 2nd at 7 p.m. And our very own Brenda Ernest of the Rockdale County Stepping Up Initiative will be on the panel. You won't want to miss it.
1: So I want to ask you guys a question. What would you say to people out there in Radio Land? Because we got a lot of people that are hearing the sound of our voices. What would you say, Robert, to the people that can hear the sound of your voice right now? What message do you have for those people?
4: Well, I would like to say if you are dealing with a mental illness and you are afraid to talk to someone, you can contact NAMI. And I'm willing to talk with you personally and uh, that someone give you my phone if you're dealing with the challenge.
1: Yes, 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 yes. And, and Diane, what, what would you say, because of all the people out there on all these networks and we're on national network, all the people out there that can hear the sound of your voice, what message do you have for those people out there in
3: Radio Land? I would say, what's your mission? Like you were talking about, Bill, we all have to have a sense of purpose in life, and we all have gifts to share, and whether you're living with someone that has a mental health condition or you have addiction issues, whatever it is, I think it's that reaching out to others and sharing what you have to give, your own experience that is so valuable, and that's what we use in NAMI. We share each other's experiences and give each other hope. So don't think that you don't have something to give. You do, and we would welcome you into NAMI. I always look at it as my mission was given to me. You choose a career, you choose things that you do in life, but a mission is really something that's given to you based on your own life experience. Yes, wow. Thank you, Diane. Thank you so much. So Claudette, so for all the people
1: out there that can hear your voice, all the people out there in land, what message do you have for those people?
2: Well, all the people out there in RadioLand, I have so many messages, but I guess my main message is for those who are experiencing difficulties or complications related to mental health or any type of any type of mental health issues, whether it's addiction, you know, substance abuse because, you know, that all falls into the same realm. So, For those who are experiencing that, just know that you're not alone, know that there are resources out there, know that you have options and treatment options. And also for those who are not directly related or that don't have knowledge um, of what it's like to live with a mental illness or support someone who's living with the mental illness, I ask that we still try to educate yourself, try to have empathy for others who, who are living with, uh, with the illness. Try to partner because, you know, as it's been stated so many times, you know, m- mental health of you know, the illness, it has no, there's no boundaries. It, it's There's no face to it. There's no race. There's no nationality. There's no sex, there's no age, it's, we all deal with it. So if you're not dealing with it now um, directly, God bless you. But yes. you have to know that when we have such a high rate of mental illness in the community, in our prisons, that it's not an isolated issue. And more than likely, sooner or later, You are going to run into someone in your immediate circle or close to your immediate circle who is dealing with this illness. So I just ask that you do everything possible to educate yourself ahead of time so that when and if it does hit your circle, that you know how to deal with it. You know the importance of acting um, and acting quickly and you know where to go to act. Um, because this is all important in, you know in long term recovery. So again, just educate yourself, have empathy, try to help your fellow citizens um, battle this stigma because in the long run it's it's good for for all of us and it's going to help all of us. So that would be my.
1: Well, wow, thank you so very, very, very much for saying that, Tanisha. I want to ask you a question, Tanisha. You you just got the NAMI spiel, so let me ask you a question, Tanisha. Tell us what did you take away from what you heard here from the, from our NAMI partners today?
0: So I, I took away a lot, and I got a lot of clarity out of and, and a better understanding of you know some of the programs and. Uh, resources that NAMI can provide, number one. Number two, I think what I, something that I thought that I wanted to kind of mention is that a lot of times, you know, we as people, we associate mental health with the illness that is like a medical diagnosis. And I don't think that everybody has to have a medical diagnosis to need the resources that you can get from NAMI or, you That's know, right. from other... Other organizations, you know, I have a daughter who's diabetic, but there are other things that stem from being a diabetic as a child, you know, maybe being teased or whatever that maybe me as a parent, I could use the resources to help my daughter so that she does not, you know, maybe connect her to some resources where she is getting some therapy or things like that. So she knows how to deal with it without maybe becoming suicidal or anything like that growing up. So I think that if you think about it, there's all areas that you can need that type of support that NAMI can provide. Whether you're a caregiver taking care of a parent or an elderly person, sometimes that can get stressful. You know, I think that that's, that's one of the other things that I, I think that we kind of missed out on is that you don't have to have a medical diagnosis to deal with mental health problems. And a lot of times that we go through life without addressing them and that we should be addressing them. You know, we kind of sweep them under the rug on a daily basis, but I'm grateful that NAMI is here and that, you know, we have resources and organizations like NAMI that we can, you know, we can tap into. And I myself would want to definitely be connected with NAMI Rockdale-Newton.
1: Yes, 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 and, and so uh, yeah, you're absolutely correct. And I know that Doctor Izzy is now on the board. And Tanisha, do you have the information about that biopic thing they got coming up with Brenda Ernest? I know they're going to have that coming up. We'll make sure that that's in part of this broadcast.
2: Bill, it's I believe her webinar is coming up, and that is one in a series of webinars on disparities in the BIPOC community as it pertains to mental health. And um, BIPOC, um, for those who are not aware of that term, is referring to black, indigenous, and people of color. We are fortunate to have uh, Dr. Izzy leading us in that educational webinar series. And that's one of the things about having connections to the immediate community, because within our communities, we have people who know, that live in the communities, and they know the scope of need for the communities as the communities change in demographics and other things that are important to serve the community. So, you know, it's it's good. It's, It's great that Dr. Izzy is picking this up because it's very much needed, particularly in Rockdale-Newton, where the demographics have changed tremendously as far as the racial balance. Um, I think maybe about 20 years ago, the the racial um, balance was about maybe 75% Caucasian um, versus what it is now, where you have like over 50-something percent of um, African American, you have more Hispanics in the community. So that's the beauty of having partnerships within the community because we're able to assess exactly what the specific community needs are. So big up to Dr. Izzy and in, in heading the, this and webinar.
0: And I have I have the information for that right here. It's um. It says courageous conversations, BIPOC mental health, and social justice. It's going to be held on March 2nd from 7 p.m. to 8:15 p.m. and I'll post that on our um, Facebook page to grit and grace RCO. It'll be on our Facebook and Instagram pages, so you'll have the flyers and the Zoom information.
1: Yes, yes, and I want to thank you guys for sharing that. Because if we, if I would have forgot that, man, I would have been in danger, man. <laughs> I've been in danger. Yeah, stranger danger. Save me, Robert. Yeah, so with that being said, uh, I just want to just say it again, man. I want to uh, say thank you. I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for having the door open for me. And, and, and it's as a result of your commitment that today I have a commitment. I have a commitment to serve mankind and obviously, mankind needs womankind too. But but you know, and, and and that commitment is from my heart. When I came in here, I didn't know I had a heart. I knew I had a physical one, and I knew it wasn't in good shape from years and years of mental health challenges, jails, and institutions, and near death experience and substitutes. Today, I am a reasonably healthy person, and reasonably because there used to be nothing reasonable about me. Healthy. And I don't mean I'm eating salad sandwiches, but I'm getting better. And I'm a person. When I came in here, I didn't think I was a person. I thought I was closer to animal than I was to person. Now I'm somewhere between person and vegetable. <laughs> However, and I mean that in the healthiest term. Anyway, with that being said, i want to ask you guys one more question because while you're smiling, I want to catch you while you're smiling. And I want you to, I want to ask you, What does recovery mean to you today? What does recovery mean to you? And and I'm going to start with you, Robert. What does recovery mean to you? you Continual maintenance. Yes. Diane, what does recovery mean to you today?
3: Peace of mind.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Claudette, what does recovery mean to you today? Recovery means hope. Hope
2: that there is. A better, a better future and uh, hope that there is resources that are out there that can help us sustain and maintain a healthy and productive life.
1: Wow. Those are the shortest answers y'all gave all day. <laughs> that must be are close to being through, man. Check this out, man. Oh man, this has been such an incredible thing. Tanisha. What does recovery mean to you? Where can they where can people get connected with all this information? How many different platforms are we on? Give them give the people some information, Tanisha.
0: So today recovery means to me that my voice can be heard. Today recovery means that I am able to work and strive every day to become a better version of myself, to become connected not only with my community, but to be connected with myself and with, you know, just spiritually being whole, being healthy all over, you know, inside and out. So if you all want what we have, (laughs) then you can be connected with us on Grit and Grace RCO. That's on Facebook, on Instagram. We now have a YouTube channel where you can see some of our champions of recovery there, learn a a little bit more about the Rockdale Stepping Up Initiative. We also are in the works of bringing you all a podcast and um, that should be up fully running by uh, the beginning of March. And I mean, we're we're just continually to grow, you know, we're continuing to grow. So just follow us on all of those. And also don't forget about rockdale stepping up.com. That's our new website.
1: Wow. man. Things are changed. Things are getting better. There you go. And I, I think the, the power of the message is that is that we can share it. And as we share it, it multiplies. With that being said, for all you people out there in Radio Land, this is the Grit and Grace Recovery Hour. And this is helping you get over the hump on Hump Day and will also be available to you at 1, one o'clock on Wednesdays. That's on His Hop Network, Cat10 Radio. You can find us you can go on the Britain Grace RCO Facebook page. There's a tutorial on there on how to download that app. You will be able to hear this, this conversation. You'll be able to hear other conversations. Like Denisha said, coming to we get ready to come to you on Anchor and Spotify and all those other things. We're on Twitter and, and man, you know what I'm saying? Man, dinosaurs are people too. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> With that being said, we're going to turn it over to y'all, man. And thank y'all for being here. And we'll see y'all again next week. The Grit and Grace Recovery. I want to thank you, Claudette, Diane, Robert. Thank y'all for suiting up, showing up. You given them a treat, man. Thank you very much. And we will talk to y'all soon.
3: Yay.
0: Thank you for tuning in and feeding your recovery with another episode of the Grit and Grace Recovery Hour. Remember that you can stay connected with us by following us on Facebook and Instagram at Grit and Grace RCO or just keep coming back every Wednesday at 12 noon. Until then, and as always, cherish the chips you hold.